Everybody uses emojis. Hello and welcome to Emoji Rap, a podcast about all things emoji. I'm your host, Jeremy Burge, and today I've got a repeat guest, which I think is the first, but it's not without good reason. Before we dive in, let me bring you up to speed on a few things. You might have seen reports that new emojis are delayed due to COVID. This is sort of true, but in some ways it's more realistic just to think of it as a new schedule. You see, in the past few years, Unicode would approve new emojis at the start of the year, and their major platforms like iOS or Android would put them on their phones in the second half of the year, around September, October. That's what happened this year as usual, no delays there. But what is new is the new emoji list for next year, that's 2021, has already been approved. Normally that wouldn't happen until Jan, Feb or March next year. You can go check it out now, it's in the show notes. There's a heart that's on fire, there's a face in the clouds, it's got just about every emoji that has two people in it. Uh, It supports those with different skin tones for each person. A few of those came out a few years ago, but there are a whole bunch missing, and now that's just about across the board. What we don't know, though, is when they're going to come to your phones. Companies might still wait till September, October next year to do a major emoji update around the same time they normally would. But because the list is published so much sooner than it would would normally be, uh, maybe some companies will want to start putting it out in the first half of next year. Time will tell. We don't really know. But on a related note, proposals for new emojis can now be submitted to Unicode as of April 2021. There's no updates going on between now and then, and that's the earliest you'll be able to submit a proposal. And that brings me to my guest. You already know who it is because this is a podcast and you'll have already seen it in the episode title. It's Jennifer Daniel who looks after the emojis at Google, but in 2020, she also rose up to become chair of the Unicode Emoji Subcommittee. And so Jennifer Daniel, my first question for you, actually, before we chat anything emoji stuff, um, you're kind of, I would say a humble person, but you are the new-ish chair of the emoji subcommittee. What is that? Uh, how, how does that feel? Congratulations. And how does that feel? Oh, thanks, Jeremy. I, when, when, how long does someone have to be the chair to no longer be new? Is it, is it 20 years? I don't think there was a, a big fuss made. I feel like it kind of, you know, people in the normal world yeah. obviously don't really care about any, you know, like a lot of this stuff is out of the reach of most people kind of care what's on their emoji keyboard or they don't. They're not paying strict attention. But in the nerdier world, I think that's a pretty big deal. And <laughs> I don't feel like there was a bunch of fanfare. You just kind of like cruised on in. A little announcement was made and life moved on. So I wondered, does it feel any different? What, what's, what does it feel like to be the chair? It's one of those things where whenever there's an announcement of a change, it's probably already been happening for a while before it's announced. So, well, I, I, I don't really know. I feel like it's... It's a bit of a curveball. I don't mean to be like... Yeah, well, like, how, how has that impacted your life? I was very, I was very surprised. I was, I really didn't anticipate that happening. So, um... But it, I'm really, I am, I don't know what the right vocabulary here, you really, it's a tough question, Jeremy. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, well, I didn't mean to, to throw you under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, I have a, a pathological inability to uh, be retrospective about my own life, uh, and so I, it's hard for me to express that. I, I have really enjoyed it, it is, I'm very... If I, I don't take pride in too much of what I do, but I'm, I'm very proud to work with the folks that are on the subcommittee. And um, I would say when I first started coming to Unicode quarterly meetings, I was so intimidated, Jeremy. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. I would come and just be try to be as invisible as possible. I wouldn't even sit at the table. I'd just sit on the couch and just feel lucky to <laughs> be with all of these individuals. And... And, you know, try to speak when I had a very important, something that I felt needed to be expressed. But um, to go from a place where, you know, I I wanted to be invisible to actually being expected to be driving the strategy. It's it's a huge, huge 
yeah, I don't know. It's something. It's something else. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I felt I, similarly when I uh, when I first got involved with the Unicode things. Any meeting, especially on the phone, just people would be saying things, and everyone felt very self-assured with what they were saying and and it all sounded very good and and important <laughs> <laughs> but you know in, in in practice i'd kind of yeah a i wouldn't know necessarily who was speaking at all times which is always a a good thing that zoom has fixed i feel like 2020 has brought some things onto to the camera a bit more which is a bit nicer yeah yeah like you learn so much from everyone who is to, i learned quite a bit when you were conducting the esc meetings as well Oh, just yeah. hearing how people were t talking about different encoding paths. Anyways, I don't have to get into the minutiae there. But, yeah, you really are surrounded by a, a great deal of experts who all come from different parts of the world. And I, there's nowhere else I'd l rather be, you know, <laughs> I, I that so much. I want to get back to this a bit later about like, I guess, people asking you emoji things and, and what what that's like. But... I wonder, uh, just uh, just off the top, do you get more people bugging you for their favorite emoji now that you've elevated, or is it is it the same? Has there been any change? I would, yeah, there's been an uptick, but nothing. I think I would say the language has changed, but the numbers probably have stayed the same. All right, well, let's, Meaning, let's, yeah, sorry, go on. More aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's not what we want yeah. to hear. But um, yeah, I want to get back to that. I do want to come back to like what that's like on the receiving end and what you do about that. A bit sort of related though about, I guess I mentioned at the top of the show about proposals for new emojis. That's not happening right now. They're reopening in April, and uh, I guess I've heard from people that are itching to submit a proposal and they're keen to do it and they hit me up and go oh, i want to submit a proposal i'm so excited to do that when they reopen in april um and for those people if they're listening or anyone else uh i guess what makes a good proposal in general and maybe the flip side are they like bad things that people shouldn't be proposing like well, i don't know what's your what's your high level take on on what what makes for something that would be good to propose or that is just that works well with the emoji set well first i want to thank you for your service uh, in getting all those requests and, and questions around emoji submissions um i think a good proposal is one that really takes a look at existing patterns and behaviors of how people communicate and it's one that isn't trying to invent something that people aren't already using in a certain way or be theoretical about how it can be used. It has more empirical evidence of how it is already being used and how encoding it then helps give it a wider distribution. I've, se I've seen a bit less of that one in recent years, thankfully. For some reason, just in my orbit of people requesting things, that was for a few years there. I don't know, maybe people have paid attention to what Unicode's saying, but for a little while there, it felt like every month I was getting, and maybe you're still getting a bunch of this, but I was getting a lot of, hey, I invented a symbol and it means world peace. And sure, no one uses it yet, but if it's an emoji, everyone's going to love it. So can you encode that? And I've seen yeah. less of that recently. Maybe, I don't know about you though. I think it, it, it comes in waves. Uh, you'll find someone who has, you know, there's a, a concept for a globally relevant concept basically like community but there is no image associated with community but we all know what a community means to to us and that's the pro i think that's where the where you see those proposals is when they latch on to something that is useful as a concept but then there isn't an agreed upon visual way to articulate it uh, i think what's another example of that it has been um i think that one's like specifically a pretty good one but um yeah, yeah, I do think you probably saw a lot of that earlier. Still happens all the time. People are, are trying to invent imagery and and use Unicode as a if, as if a you run way. into a wall. If you sort of if you have an idea of a community or something, I I, I can think of one that I, I remember seeing in some of the documentation for like the accessibility related emojis and disabilities and you know the people discussing around that about um you'd see on twitter people sort of talking about like other mental illnesses or just various groups that sort of uh, either physical disabilities or other communities that people felt like they wanted something for them but there wasn't a way to represent that and what what do you do then do, do they 
is that just a bad idea for an emoji if there is nothing visual to represent it? I think, like, for example, there people, their first assumption is there's not a single emoji to represent it, so therefore it's not represented, versus step, taking a step back and going, actually, how could I communicate community using existing emoji? And the answer is, you can input a bunch of different people. And then as a collection of individual emojis, you have now created a community through pictorial form. And and that's a good example of something you both you get what you wanted in the first place, which is a visual representation of community without having to encode it or use Unicode, which really is ideal. Use the existing ones. You don't need a new one. Just use what you've got and be creative. Is what you're saying. Yes, just like we do, like just like we are with words, right? We don't have to invent new letters to create new words. We have slang and jargon, and that's that's visible in just the unstoppable creativity of human minds interacting with each other. And I think we're seeing that now as people's emoji vocabularies get more sophisticated. You know, maybe they still use the same seven emoji, but they're using them differently now. They're using them as a as a set versus as as individual pieces. What What do you think? I don't know. I guess the one challenge is obviously that Unicode itself doesn't have a single uh, view. It's a it's a group of different people from different companies, and it's sort of the result of all that indicates what Unicode recommends or what the emoji subcommittee recommends. And I guess I'm, I'm interested from your perspective, though. Like, I don't know. Should there be more random things that people can then piece together, or how do you f- figure out what the the good ones are in the mix, or what what are some potential areas that would be good? Do you think? Yeah, I think there is this tension between proposals coming from the public, which doesn't have a strategy, right? They're all individual citizens of the world seeking uh, an, any number of different things from their proposal versus the consortium or the emoji subcommittee actually developing a point of view or a strategy based on what is supposedly our expertise. <laughs> and <laughs> the that latter part has been slowly happening over the past year and a half or so where we're starting to understand how people use emoji now because they've been out in the public long enough to do studies for, right? You couldn't do that when emoji were first introduced to the standard. But now uh, they actually are a very uh, rich with, with, with information for people to study and learn from existing uh, behaviors. In terms of like, I think your question was a little bit about like random, you know, to use our words, random one-off proposals. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really interested in it. Like all of the things that we evaluate on, on a proposal is by what we ask you to submit. So how is this emoji used with other emoji is, is really important, right? If it is used with other emoji in a way that is composable and expands our range of expression, that is extremely compelling. I think probably if we were to identify the emoji that are most well suited to this, it's probably the colored hearts. Mm-hmm. Right? People they love the are, hearts. Yeah, they we have red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, brown, black, and white now. Yeah. And you were around when that happened. It was before my time. Uh, so you probably could educate me a little bit on this. But I don't think when they were encoded, we understood how people would use them beyond just colored hearts. And I, I think I, I seem to recall... You get a weird thing as well where the, there's a general mindset, and I don't like to project onto every single person that could propose an emoji because obviously people come from very different backgrounds and they have very different ideas, but the most common sort of phrasing seems to be that there's an emoji for everything except for this. And I don't know whether it's intentional or whether that's just what it feels like. Maybe when you look at the keyboard, there's so much stuff there and you feel like there's everything except for what you want, and the hearts seem to be the same, right? The people saw the initial six or so, five, and the the sort of commentary was, oh, why is there no orange? Orange is clearly missing. And so orange got added, and then people were like, oh, well, now there's all the hearts, but there's no white, and that got added, and yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe it would have made more sense to step back and figure out all the colors before yes. adding them individually. 
Yes. And so that is what we've been doing a little bit more of. And certainly how I approach problems in general is. And so that's one of the things we're looking at right now. Right. So looking at the spectrum of color, RGB, HSB, CMYK, where are the gaps? Right. And when you map out all the existing color, which, by the way, every heart color is a different color red and every orange heart is a different color orange so there's even a little bit of fragmentation on on which color uh which shade and value and hue to use there regardless you start to see it on in these different color spectrums where the gaps are right so you start to see oh actually the steps aren't even between green and blue there's a huge gap where cyan exists or there's a big gap between purple and red where magenta exists and then the gap between white and black of course there's gray now to your earlier point the more you add the more there feels like an exclusion of something else so the best we can do is create an experience where it has it feels evenly distributed so it feels more intentional the more that it feels random because it probably was random like yeah. to your point, it's like, oh, oh, how about orange? Oh, wait, we forgot about white. Oh, what about white? It's very reactive. And if you're, if the encoding strategy is always at the mercy in, in, of others or in reaction to others, oh, oof, that is really, that's really unstable. And that you're, you're, there's risk of it not being future proofed. Yeah. And I guess the, the, at least the good thing with hearts is generally speaking, they're not specifically relied, um, related to certain groups or there's no, it's hard to feel like it, you're taking it personally, but then for, as you said before about communities and other other cultures, anything that's not represented that way, you probably do take more personally because it feels more personal, right? If, if you feel like you're being left off the keyboard for whatever reason that is, whereas at least something abstract like hearts, maybe people don't feel, they might want it a lot, but maybe they don't feel as uh, personally aggrieved when it's not there. Right, and that's, I would, I hypothesize that that's because they're abstract, right? So it's literally an emblem that is not an anatomical heart, although now we do have an anatomical heart emoji. <laughs> but it is just a concept that you're able to project anything onto. So if you have a blue heart, some people use that to mean like sympathy. Like I'm like, I, I have a love for you and I'm sorry to hear that news. Here's a blue heart. It's a sad heart, right? Um, so they use it beyond just literally depicting, I love you. It has a range of emotion to it. People also use it for self-identifying, like in group chats. There are chats that, uh, where people like kind of assign themselves, if you will, an emoji heart. So everyone in the chat's a different color. You know who green is, you know who orange is, you know who purple is. And it gives it a certain cohesion. And then you all kind of use that and continue it in other chats. Or you can string them together. We often see people putting different hearts, different colored hearts together to say to signify their association with any number of political bar- bodies or uh, gender associations or um, even just just about any, anything that has color, right? It's not even just about the heart so much. It's about the color itself, and that that's really to me shows you the flexibility that emoji are capable of if we continue to encode concepts that are broad enough for people to repurpose as they see fit. If you hypothetically had a megaphone right now for anyone looking to submit a proposal coming up next year, what do you have? Is there a succinct way to tell them like, what would be good? Or what what do you want to let them know? Hello person. You're thinking of an emoji to propose. Uh, Here's a one tip or something to, to point you in the right direction to give yourself a better chance of your, proposal getting up do you have a, yes. a, a, a yes. some advice i will say as someone who reads every single proposal that it became clear to me that we as a group we're not doing a, a are enough of we weren't doing a great job at communicating what makes a good emoji proposal what makes what quote unquote is a frequently used emoji and what are guidelines around what I, I mean, I don't like to use the words good and bad, but I'm going to anyways here. What makes something good or bad? So we are publishing guidelines. So just last month or so, we published a document on guidelines for hand gestures because we get lots of hand gesture proposals and some of them 
work and some of them don't. So here are some guidelines on if you are interested in, in, in encoding a hand gesture, here are some do's, here are some don'ts, here are some things we've done before, here, and then you take it, you take it from there, right? So I'm we're gonna not, pull, it's not... I'm going to pull this up, up this document now. It's called uh, Emoji Subcommittee Guidelines and Gestures and Emoji. Is that the one you're referring that to? That sounds right. That okay. sounds right. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And I see here it's sort of got some... Uh, it's got a lot of examples on there, and as you say, it was it was sort of suggesting some background on them. That's right. And what I like about this particular document is that it's not overly prescriptive as some of the previous ones that we've done, and we'll we will continue to do. In that, we're not saying here are ones we specifically are interested in looking at, although we do do that as well. <laughs> it's more about creating just some principles so that anyone can look at it and be like, oh, actually, this gesture I'm thinking about doesn't really meet these kind of qualifications or better it could it has potential to it can and then they can modify their proposal to frame it in pursuit of those you know that can be supportive of it so my my hope is that these guidelines do help people make their proposals better it does and, seem that, useful it sorry. seems like there's there's a few notes there that sort of yeah they point out some that are say or already representable basically don't propose these <laughs> <laughs> and they, and but they give a reason as well. It's not just saying don't do it. It's generally because there's already something close enough to it. And maybe, I guess, if you strongly disagree with that, there's a, a feedback mechanism. But in general, you're saying don't dive into a proposal on these unless you're so confident that this document is wrong. That's right. I do think being able to point to folks who you know take the time to write a proposal. And then we, we, we can point them to a document like this that gives them better guidelines. We're like, okay, well, sadly, you know, we, we, are, we, we aren't moving this forward, but if you're very interested in this space, here are some guidelines for your next proposal or how you could modify your existing one to, to meet the standard. That's a good tip. Are there, are there any, is there something similar for other categories? If I'm thinking of my favorite food or, you know, <laughs> I, I want a, a narrow boat because I'm on a boat. People always want a narrow boat emoji and I try and let them know that it's quite specifically British, although it would be great in my community. But is there a boating document on the way? Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to take that on, Jeremy, I'd be more than happy for you know to work on that with you. Um <sighs> I would say that we published one on smileys last year that was a little bit different than the guidelines document. It's more like um, evidence of us, our group working with more experts. And so we have, I think, two that we've published, one on smileys, one on, and then another one on hand gestures, like specific hand gestures we're interested in. And we have a couple more coming down the pipe in the next few months before next spring. Okay. So pay attention to... Uh, publications from the Emoji Subcommittee. Emojipedia normally tries to highlight things that are of interest, and maybe that's something we can pull out as well, because sometimes the Unicode document registry is a bit arcane for the average person to find. Uh, yeah, no, it definitely is not a effective means of distribution in terms of publishing material. Um, yeah, I think you'll, you'll definitely expect to find more. And my hope is as we do these, it will feel like what is being encoded has more intentionality to it. Cause I think a very fair criticism is why plunger, but not X. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's one thing, I guess the old Japanese original ones, even though the average person on the street might not realize the background, it's sort of fair enough in some context to say, look, that's just there because that was added for compatibility with the original emoji set, but any future ones, it's a lot harder to maybe justify well, it's good to have some justification, right? It's good to be able to point people why why does this exist when that other thing doesn't exist, and hopefully it's a good reason. That's why the committee exists. Is we're supposed to be thinking about that, and we are. And I'm so I I, I can't I can't say how proud I am of of the group for a number of, for everything that they do. It's a volunteer group, you know. So um, this is all because people really care. Uh, there's a document from Unicode a while ago. It said that. Uh, the Unicode's updating the submissions process, and I guess that's whatever will open in April to make it more consistent, actionable proposals. Is that what you're talking about there? Is that what this sort of priority, I don't know, like trying to figure out, sort out what you want from people? How does that fit into it all? That's right. That's right. What we want to do is make it so that folks who are interested in in not just emoji, but in just, just, just uh, they're curious. They're just interested. Um, this explains to them how they can get involved. 
Right. Trying to trying to let people know what the priorities are, or at least you're trying to give the people more information that they can work with to make their proposals uh, useful or potentially likely to be encoded. Yeah, and I think that's what we did with the data last year. We probably should update that next year around the most frequently used emoji. I think that's a really useful document. A lot of people um, are sort of incredulous. They're like, what? Are you telling me that toilet paper is not one of the top 20 emojis ever used, <laughs> but I use it all the time? And you're like, well, you know, like, it's, no. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's not, you know, like, actually, it's not. Um, and so I, I think people really want to see Want, need to see that evidence, you know, and so I'm so glad that that data came together uh, last year, and and I'd like to see it come together together again next year. Yeah, I mean, I thought that document. Uh, I'll I'll link to it in the show notes there for people who want to see it. It's a breakdown. It doesn't sort of have every single emoji in it, but it's a chart of, uh, broadly speaking, the the top emojis that are used, and they sort of show a breakdown over the course of which ones are used a lot and which ones are basically barely touched and uh yeah i mean it's insightful right because everyone feels like whatever they use must be most used not realizing just how few uh, of the same ones that everyone uses yeah i think it is really helpful to kind of step out of your own worldview and see it from a perspective that is more an aggregate it's i i mean the chart the tears of joy it's basically just you could probably remove every emoji except for tears of joy and everyone. <laughs> just have a big button. You don't even, <laughs> instead of turning the emoji keyboard on, you just tap that and it just inserts tears it. Tears of joy. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, now we're getting to emoji reaction space, but like yeah. in, you know, I know pleading face is, is rapidly climbing the, the charts as well. So Huge. that isn't yeah. set in stone, you know, um, um, language is fluid. And so it's, it's nice to see some new emojis circulate in. What do we do when you get. And this happened just the other day, but it's an example of what happens pretty much every day of my life, and probably yours, and probably plenty of people who touch or go anywhere near the emoji keyboard. Um, as it, I, I had a, a friend associate, someone who I, I know reasonably well, and they were asking about specifically like a, a type of corner store that's in the UK, kind of like a convenience store. Um, but, you know, in the UK, there's sort of cultural heritage with different sort of immigrant groups that run them and the types of things they have, like a bodega in New York, maybe. And, you know, it means a lot to their community. But, you know, I sort of look at it and go, well, yeah, there's nothing stopping you proposing that. But potentially, if it looks the same as any other storefront, to some degree, it's probably not going to be approved or it would be less likely to be. And people get sad about that kind of thing. They get up, they, you know, they, they want to know, okay, well, how... How do I get it done then? Well, what do I need to do? Like, I get you, it's a long shot, but how do I overcome that? And short of saying, oh, sure, write a big document and see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. How do you, uh, is there a good way to like tell people, look, I'm really sorry. That's just to me. And that's just my opinion. You could submit this and see what a committee says. But my opinion is that probably that's too specific and just wouldn't get up and, and people don't like a flat no. What do you, what do you do about that? That's hard. I know it's sad. I feel it too. There's a real human cost of letting people down over and over and over again like that. Well, like the example you you decided is fairly earnest. I will say there are a large number of emoji requests that are done in jest. You know, yes. like yeah. you know, why isn't there an emoji for a bicycle trainer? <laughs> I wondered a lot. I got a lot of people asking for I, the only one I really took up because mostly, you know, I get this sort of thing and I ignore the ones that seem just by the by, right? You get people just tweeting you or whatever, and they say, why isn't there an emoji for this? And you kind of, I say ignore it. I get a lot of them. But like, if it seems like it's just an, a flippant idea, you know, um, but the one that came through a lot that I never understood and I asked people because it made no sense to me and no one had a good answer. And I don't know if it falls into this category was the toothbrush, which did end up getting encoded. But a lot of people just be like, I can't believe there's no toothbrush emoji. <laughs> Is it because it's on their mind, maybe, like it's in their house? But And I go, oh, yeah, cool, why do you want that? And they go, I don't know, it just seems like there should be one. Like, how isn't there one? <laughs> I mean, I, oh God, there's yeah. so much to unpack about that. I, I think it's largely because of what the, already does exist in emoji. Because they see all these other random household objects, like a couch with a lamp and a broom. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, that's less of a household item, but uh, depending on your house. 
And so, you know, you brush your teeth twice a day uh, and it's like an active thing, but you really, you set expectations for what could be included by what is already included. And I think that if someone had looked at the original Japanese set, no one would ask why isn't there a toothbrush emoji, Mm -hmm. but you advance eight more years and you see the thousands that have been added since then, then yeah, people are like, Oh, well, now that you have that, you know, three over thousand, why not this one? But what's, what's 3001, right? So I think that's partially informing it. And I, I also don't want to be dismissive of the, of the earnest ones. I, I do think why isn't there emoji for X is a bit of a meme and people don't even mean it. You know, they, they really just mean, why can't I express myself in this way? And, and what we're, what I hear, if I try to unpack all of that is that, it's a primal need to be seen and heard and recognized and understood. And, and when you think about it from that lens, the lack of an existing emoji can feel extremely personal. And that would be extremely problematic if emoji were the only way you could communicate toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Right. But think, God, they aren't, right? You have so much, uh, we have a wealth of things that you can use when communicating concepts like memes or any image online, really. Photos, now camera effects, video. You have all these other ways of communicating yourself digitally online that weren't available when emoji were first created that I think they're, people just forget they're like well i know i could send a picture of a toothbrush but why isn't there an emoji and for me the question is like well if you have a photo of a toothbrush why do you need an emoji like what does an emoji do that this other kind of thing can't do for you and that's when you get somewhere interesting if you can dig into like why that's different and if the if it's purely about experience it's just like oh it's the size it's too big or you know i need it to be small can make the picture smaller and if you can't make the picture smaller that kind of feels like a platform problem not much, so much a unicode problem Turn my dog is, <laughs> sorry my dog is eating a christmas ornament and you're going to hear it bounce unless i take it away from her hey, hey girl okay now <laughs> i love this i really want to leave the the dog and the ornament in the show <laughs> <laughs> normally you know we've got editors and, and they chop out things but I, I love the dog in the ornament uh, is it okay has it recovered oh it is and it was she's wagging now that i have i'm paying attention to her hi sweetheart i know hi. thank um, you yes that's it's, it's uh, you know what i guess trying to separate the the representation you know that i want to be included on the keyboard because it's important from just the the practical side of it, just like it is kind of convenient being able to put anything in line with text and that hasn't been solved yet. <laughs> Trying to put random stuff alongside your text, you've always got to add it as an extra image if it's not an emoji. I don't know. Hope maybe if we end up there where you can put random images in next to any text, would, would, would that would that help? Would that solve everything? Yeah, I think so. And I think we see apps doing it. Slack has been doing it for how long? I don't even know how long, but with, you know, with ReactGs and Discord as well, you can upload any image as a reaction or you can use it as punctuation in a a sentence. I think that there's some indication that that's where it's moving. And I think that probably I'm without words right now because it (laughs) it, it feels like that is the natural evolution of emoji is you, you start small and then once the demand hits a certain threshold, you open it up, yeah. right? And the answer to opening it up isn't going through Unicode anymore. It's actually it, the responsibility falls, depending on who you talk to, either either on a platform level or an app level, to give people an affordance to include whatever image they want alongside their words. Animated. That's another thing. Yeah. Unicode, you know given font technology, which, you know, will evolve in the next few, you know, number of years, but you can do things with images that you can't do with emoji far more than you can. Emoji is extremely limiting. It's actually very low fidelity. Um, and maybe that's part of the appeal, but there are lots of things you can do outside of emoji that open up expression. So Unicode has said this for years that, uh, I guess an aspirational goal of, of making that, either possible or that that sort of that stickers which do exist today but maybe some kind of inline text there's a proposal from earlier in the year from mark davis who's one of the co-founders of unicode about 
encoding anything as an emoji, basically anything that has a Wikipedia page could be an emoji. I don't know. I think that could be cool because I feel like no matter what happens in the stickers world and the, the memes and the GIFs and everything, sometimes you, you do want to send it in with your text there. So that would be kind of a nice little feature to have. Yeah, I'd largely, <laughs> uh, you know, not to throw everyone under the bus here, but I think the emoji experience is setting false expectations. It looks like an image browse experience, right? It doesn't feel like one that is supposed to be composable or operate with words. It feels like I'm looking at a bunch of random images. And so if the actual design of how you use emoji changes, I think, I do think that people will use them differently and rely on other things to communicate what, what they need to, to say. Looking ahead, I mean, here's something that I get people saying to me a bit, that emojis shouldn't have genders. Sometimes it goes back to like, you know, they should all be no skin tones, no gender. And often it's coming from an antagonistic place. Sometimes you see some more inclusive emojis come out and people get sort of upset. Sometimes it's more well-meaning. But do you have a thought on, on should emojis have genders? Is that good? Is that is that a good thing to do? <laughs> well, Jeremy, can we have a moment of silence for the blobs? Yeah, people did love the blobs. <laughs> Respectful silence. We salute you. <laughs> um, they did. They were the original. I say the original. They were the Google made possibly the best attempt to make the humans more smiley-like in the early days, where, you know, not just we can all agree the smileys were the smileys, but the, the humans kind of Google tried as long as they could to hold out there with a design that arguably wasn't very human. Yeah, they it really was. What I love about those little blobs is that they existed in this space of cute, and cute means a lot of different things, but a principle of cuteness is that it it has no gender, right? It, it, it doesn't have age. Blobs weren't old. They weren't young. They were, they were ageless. They didn't have a species. They didn't have gender. They didn't have anything. It was just blobs. And what that did was it allowed people to project themselves onto them and in a way where they didn't have to be forced with confronting race or gender, or not just race, but skin tone specifically, just different than race. Um, when all they want to do is communicate thumbs up, they just want to say all good. And instead, products are forcing them to be specific and reconcile who they are in contexts that really don't necessitate it. You know, especially if you're biracial or you're not sure about what your gender is, or you you don't you just don't have you're trying to figure out who you are first before you project it to other people and i do think that is unfortunate it's largely why the gender inclusive initiative from last year w w went through was because it, it we were adding emojis to the keyboard but they weren't making things more specific they were actually allowing people to be less specific and those are the spaces that I'm really interested in, in coding and, and, and finding out if there's more, more opportunities there. So, I mean, I don't know if I've really answered your question about it. Um, emojis uh, <laughs> should have them, but. Yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult. I, uh, my, my curiosity is always sort of watching this sort of thing go by. You get people who are really into emoji and they know what they're called and they know how they're categorized and they kind of go, yes, there's gender inclusive, there's a woman, there's a man, and that's great. And then other people, most of the world, just sees what's on the keyboard, right? They don't know what they're called. And I, I, I'm curious. I always see a weird split when gender inclusive and gender neutral emojis come out of people being upset that they're either a, a womanly man or a manly woman and kind of encapsulates the point maybe that they're not specifically meant to be either but do you think if there weren't male and female alternatives if it's just like a gender neutral set of people whether people will project in a good way whether they'll be annoyed that they're missing there or whether they'll be content to go well you know that could be me because there's no other options i think that removing as much detail as possible would be great <laughs> Everything, okay. whether it be... Make them smileys. 
yeah, maybe the style that they're rendered in or the 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 markers of gender, like things like mustaches or, or hair length. I, I do think that there are cases where the skin tone or gender that's encoded into the concept of the emoji is relevant, right? This is something I think Emojipedia wrote about a number of months ago, I think last summer, was that a, a dark skin tone fist is different than a white skin tone fist. It semantically means something very different. And in those cases, I think it has great function, great impact, and and is and is very, very relevant. But those seem to be more the exception to the rule. Um, I, I, I think gender as well. You know, there are times where the gender of what you're conveying is 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 very specific, like facepalm. <laughs> a man facepalming, depending on the context, is very different than a woman facepalming. And what we're I think we're running into is just expect again expectations around how one conveys their identity online. And you know, when emoji first started, it was just encoding concepts like bird or happy. And and now, you know, Woman emoji, people don't expect it just to mean woman. They expect it to mean them specifically. And that's that's an expectation. That, the fonts can't deliver on that. Um, you know, fortunately, there's lots of avatar systems that can, but that's just not something emoji can do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the clear way out of this, to be honest. I don't I don't know in, in 10 years what the emoji keyboard looks like to fix all the past sins. Let's say that there's so many layers there and no matter what happens from now and in future can be very well intentioned. I don't know if there's ever a way to to do a full reset. Uh, I don't know. What, what, is that just what it's going to be forever, do you think? I, I don't actually have a strong view on it. I just feel like you could hide the old ones or you could get rid of them or you just leave them there forever. And they're always a mystery for people to figure out even when they get overwhelmed by newer, maybe more general ones. Yeah. I, 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 I think it actually goes beyond skin tone and gender. I think there are concepts that we've encoded that are overly specific um, just by their nature. Um, so example is like Hindu temple. Um, what does a Hindu temple look like? There is no singular concept of that. There, the architecture is different in northern India than it is in southern India. Or cyclone. <laughs> Something that came up recently on my uh, uh, on our end was like cyclones rotate differently in the northern hemisphere than they do the southern hemisphere. So do we encode the northern hemisphere cyclone and exclude southern hemisphere cyclones? Or do we have two cyclone emojis to cover both situations? Um same, you know, and so for me, finding something that is broad enough to mean both or potentially neither is is usually best. But we, the, the, what we're kind of tipping into right now is just what does it even mean to be default and what is new, like use the word neutral or inclusive even mean? And and generally, it, at least historically, that has just been Caucasian. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the problems are kind of rooted in is that the assumption is that it's Western and white. And for someone who is trying to unpackage that, it isn't just the people-based emoji. If you look at the ballet slipper, they're pink. But why are ballet slippers pink? Yeah. Because of white ballet uh, uh, ballerinas. And, you know, there's studies that have shown that the pink ballet slipper um, shortens the the optical length of black ballet ballerinas. And so making black slippers for them, you know, like it, it's, it, it's basically just the default, again, is white in objects, even when we're not using skin tone modifiers. And I think then as a designer who actually designs the emoji is going, okay, well, what is the default? Is a ballet slipper that's pink the default? Is it black? Do we add skin tones to the ballet slippers? Yeah. Gosh, I not. I really don't think that's the right solution. <laughs> yeah. But can we create something? You know, we ran into this also with Band-Aid. Which skin tone do you do for Band-Aid? Yeah. Um, and it, it, hits, it hits deep in terms of what, uh, you know, culturally – we have problems with and emoji just become emblematic of of that is there an answer to it do you think is there is there a way that you have this global keyboard 
to represent everyone in the world, and obviously it cannot do that no matter how hard it tries. But is there an answer to these sort of the, the ballet question? Whether you do you keep adding uh, variations? Do you if the neutral if there is no neutral, or, or do you just do your best to find a neutral even if it's not perfect? What what what, what is the answer? Gosh, how much time do we have, Jeremy? I, have <laughs> I know. Been I want a one-word I- answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are lots of things that should be pursued and thoughtfully weighed in terms of pros and cons. And there are so many things that we're doing just to render the existing institution more permanent when we could be stepping back and going, okay, what actually needs to be done in order for this to move forward and not constantly looking backwards to fix or correct certain decisions. And I know I am a, I am a total harp about this, but I do think that black and white is one way of approaching it. And what I love about the idea of all emoji going, and I don't mean grayscale. I mean like pure black and white, like the original emoji, even though they did have, they were magenta and cyan and like all these other bright colors, but um, we're singular. Outlines. We're talking outlines. Yeah, yeah. Basically outlines. Because if it's, if it operates more like a true black and white font, then you can change the color just like you do any other font. And you don't know, you don't need Unicode to add pink heart. You just highlight the heart and use your font color and make it pink. You could do that with roses. You could do that with anything. And it's still a font. It still operates within Unicode. It's still in line. It, it doesn't break anything. To me, that's a very compelling, interesting path to consider. Is this realistic, do you think? I love that. I love the idea of that. But do you, do you see a world that that exists? Is that is that an absolute dream of yours? Or do you think that this has a, a, a fighting chance that maybe everyone decides one day to do that? I think that it absolutely has a few. I mean, like, think about it, Like, this is... <laughs> I don't mean to dismiss it. I don't mean to say it's not a fighting no, chance. I, I wonder where it sits on your scale. I think that's the same. I think a similar question was asked of me for the gender inclusive work. You know, when I first started shopping it around, people were like, mm, I don't know. Do you think, do you think uh, Apple will do it? Do you think WhatsApp will do it? Do you think so? And I was like, well, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to get everyone on board, you know, and, and like you can't do it unilaterally, but you, you know, you try to get everyone. That's the reason why we, we talk with each other every week, twice a week sometimes <laughs> is to get everyone to understand our points of view. And that doesn't mean everyone has to agree, but I do think there is great potential in pursuing that as a path and one that, that I am, I am working on to, to understand more, you know, to, to do, you know, like same thing. I mean, we haven't talked too much about other projects that I'm, I'm, I'm working on as well, but that's where emoji kitchen came from as well. It's sort of like, well, if we can't do this on a Unicode level, can we, you know, what can we do? And then we could talk about that later, but um, I think black and white is one potential. Um, another, you know, that's more, uh, technical and less straightforward is if you think about all the characters that Unicode has, how those aren't pre-installed on everyone's phones. Mm -hmm. Um, no, only a couple fonts, what Noto, I'm sure there's a couple others that have every character in it, support the world's languages. And there's something interesting to me about how when someone gets their phone, they then have to download um, maybe an Arabic keyboard or a Japanese keyboard. And what if emoji could be associated per language? So you download the Arabic keyboard and you get Arabic emoji. You download the UK you know, keyboard and you get your narrow boat emoji that you were talking about earlier. In, in this universe, by the way, I know this is a hypothetical universe, but is the, the narrow boat just doesn't exist on other people's keyboards or it's the same as some generic American boat and it appears differently regionally in, in, in this scenario? In this rhetorical, hypothetical you know, path, I see it operating just like Unicode does now, which is to say that if it's on your keyboard and you input it, it really is up to the platform to render it, mm-hmm. right? So not all, you know, a lot of, some platforms are better at rendering Unicode symbols, uh, but the idea would be that they all exist, I would think, 
on the you know on the on the system level, but the method of input maybe would be more closely aligned to the groups that would find them the most relevant. And you know, I don't think you can really cut people by language. I think there's also people who are bilingual, trilingual, um, are you know like people's identities are far more complex than just what language they speak. I just think that's a place to start and something worth considering. Like, what would that look like? Is it, are we, again, just rendering the existing institution more? <laughs> are we doubling down on it? Or can we invent something to super radical, like what you were alluding to before, Mark Davis's uh, QID approach, um, which yeah, also the, requires... There's sort of maybe some but, overlap there. Maybe, maybe as far as like the idea that you can have a, a, a thousands more. You know, are you talking either a small set or a huge set? Yeah, I, I, you know, and then just or just letting people upload any image they want. There's no reason for everything to have to exist in your keyboard. Then, then you wouldn't have the power, though. Then there, there would oh. be no. You'd be doing yourself out of a job. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's always more work to do, Jeremy. Yeah, um, which <laughs> makes me. It's a perfect sort of segue, as you mentioned about Google. Uh, Emoji Kitchen, which I love and I don't have on my own personal phone because I have an iPhone as my main phone. Uh, for people who haven't used this before, it's um, tell me if this is a, a bad way of describing it, but basically imagine your emoji keyboard and you don't have to imagine if you're on a number of Android phones or if you're using Gboard and you type an emoji and it will suggest some other combinations that you can mash it up with and combine with. And if you type two, you know, you type the, the robot and the Christmas tree together, you'll get a robot Christmas tree or something like that as a sticker. And they're very creative and very nicely done. And there's a bunch of new ones that just came out. Is that a fair description? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, Emoji Kitchen is, I mean, you know, a lot of people were baking bread during COVID. <laughs> we were making emoji mashups um, over and over again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you like it. And we're really, we're really stoked that, what's, you know, what's pretty cool about them is like they're they're not algorithmically done. I assume that like most of them look like they're being hand done. You're sort of chosen where you know if you combine two crying faces, sometimes you get a little crying face in one of the tiers, and they 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 are very wildly different. They're not just grabbing random features and putting them together. Have they all been sort of individually designed? Oh yes, Jeremy. One has been handcrafted. Artisanal. Each, yeah, yeah, they're all they're all artistically created, and uh, with I, I'm I'm very proud of Emoji Kitchen. <laughs> um, it was a real labor of love. I mean, this has been. I think we have had like some Twitter streams about it before in the past, right? Like, when did emoji? When was the first emoji combo thing? And um, I just I just think it's the natural evolution of, of language, like we were talking about before, that people naturally want to combine and mush things together. That's how memes work. That's how language works. It's how we have the word duck face and motel. We're just combining things. And so Emoji Kitchen is sort of a logical extension of that, uh, what we already do. But also, it for me, Emoji Kitchen is a little bit of a party game, right? Like you, you, you kind of know what you're going to expect when you hit octopus flower bouquet but then it doesn't show you a picture of an octopus holding flowers it's like a bouquet of tentacles <laughs> and that is unexpected but then when you look at it you're like I, I don't know how to use this and then you start coming up with reasons for how you could use it and then that you play with that and you it evolves and it, it kind of prompts you it challenges you in a in a friendly way not in, in a way that makes you annoyed that it exists um i hope uh yeah it, feel, it I, feels very jennifer daniel to me from the outside world um i've seen over the years you've you know you've done all kinds of emoji mashup stuff yourself before but this seems to me like something that's very you, and I don't know how many companies would go along with it. Like, they are kind of weird, and I'm sure there's other people involved uh, in this sort of thing, but as you say, like, that octopus is a great example that I'm sure a lot of companies might go, yeah, that's great, the octopus holds the flowers, but instead getting a weird tentacle bouquet is, like, hilarious and, and fun to work with and feels kind of anti-corporate, feels a bit more like, <laughs> like the, the fun days. 
<laughs> yeah, I, 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 I feel very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, well done on getting that over the line because I don't understand companies or uh, corporate anything, and I, I don't, I don't think I'd cope well. And I'm very impressed for <laughs> something creative and kind of a bit offbeat is now on millions of phones around the world. So, well done on that. Is there anything you? Are there any combos people should try out for themselves? You think any that oh, they're like this I is a love- this is a winner. Oh. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I just love hearing people's captions for them. Like, you know, um, because how oh, I use hot dog ghost is it would be different than how someone else uses hot dog ghost. You know, I use it because my kid's breath stinks um, after they <laughs> eat hot dogs. Uh, but, you know, someone else might be using it in a different way. And I, I love, I love, love, love hearing that. Um, what are, I don't know. Some of my favorite combinations are... Um, is it the weird ones? I mean, they've all got masks. That's one thing that people have found kind of fun that you can put the mask on just about any emoji, I guess. And in a COVID year, that, that feels appropriate. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can wear two masks on your face on one of them. I think it covers <laughs> your eyes and your mouth. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of really good examples of faces that people have wanted to kind of tween in the past ones where the eyes are bulging and sweats coming down but you're still smiling where it's like trying to contain an emotion on the inside by not showing it on the outside um or you know as you know people make lots of requests for the poop emoji to have lots of different expressions so emoji kitchen you know came from a lot of different places but one of them is in reading proposals and saying, like, this is what people want to do with emoji. What can we do to meet that expectation? And so here, you want you wanted um, mad poop? Here's 100 poops. This poop has a <laughs> range of expression that for every need that you could possibly imagine for poop. Uh, and the same for, I mean, I don't know, the faces. I guess I quite, what have I been using lately? I'd, I'd suggest I, some more, but I've only seen the ones that people post online because, again, my phone right here, uh, iPhone. So I'm 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 not able to to mash them up myself. Well, Jeremy, you need to get you need to get an Android, my friend. You need to. I know. Give it a- uh, we have one Emojipedia Android phone, and that's currently in the hands of Keith, who uh, also looks after a lot of the Android stuff for oh, that's Emojipedia. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I need one for myself because I, I quite yeah. like quite quite like that setup but that, that's great I, I think people should try that out and really have a look if you haven't already i get a bit lost on some of the android stuff i think gboards default on a lot of phones not all of them you can download it if it's not on your phone there may be some quirks i'm not sure if it works on 100 percent of android phones maybe it does but it's it's there and if you can download it and install it i personally would recommend it because i would be using it if i could yes you'll do it <laughs> Join um, us. Join us. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Daniel on Twitter and X Jennifer X Daniel X on TikTok. <laughs> where wow. I bead emoji. And, That's fun. I didn't um, know that. I'll, I'll, oh. I'll link that up. X yeah. Jennifer X. Is that what? X, X Jennifer Daniel X. It's it's like Jennifer Daniel, but with X's in the spaces before and after. So X Jennifer X Daniel X. Got it. I was the I, best I could come up with because my, all my other monikers had been taken. Because I all, was so all the kids got on there before you. you all all the Jennifer you. X's. Got, I got to check out the Jennifer Daniel on there and see what they're up to. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I do all the like whatever's all the things. But um, <laughs> no, I like that beating. I'm gonna check out the beating. That sounds good to me. <laughs> Yeah, I think I hit on some sort of Fiona Apple thing yesterday. I, I got like a, a bump in in comments, and I don't understand what hashtag brought. It's not the hashtag; you... it's the algorithm. It knows better than the hashtags. So uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm sure you experience this a lot more. Your your boating community has really propped you up on on TikTok, from what I understand. But I I just usually get like one view, you know, two likes, something like that. And uh, yeah, it was wild. I don't still, I still boggles, boggles the mind. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the internet. Yeah, and don't be shy. I do, I do try to respond. Although anyone inquiring about emoji proposals, I just always direct them to Unicode.org. So uh, if you would like to reach out about emoji proposals, that's the best way to reach me. Um, Otherwise, 
those that those are the kinds that, of mechanisms to get in touch. That is excellent. If you want to follow uh, me, you can follow me at Jeremy Burge on Twitter. I am on TikTok doing uh, boat boat content. If you're interested in <laughs> boat stuff, I'm at Burgelicious, which is I don't know. I, I, again, no usernames available. Um, I'll type it into the show notes. You don't have to spell it out. Uh, that's where I am. You can follow Emojipedia on Twitter and Emoji Rap at their respective handles. Uh, before I go, I want to thank Jonathan Mann who did the theme music for this podcast. Joshua Jones did the artwork. And thank you, everyone, for listening, and I will speak to you all next time. 